Okay, podcasters, in honor of Valentine's Day, I bring you two loves of my life, my kids, Michael and Lola Consuelos. In this off-the-wall interview, I say not since Frost Nixon has there been a piece of literary import such as this. This will be written about in the annals of podcast history. Jan gave my children the power to ask me anything they want. And so I there in turn took Jan's son out to dinner in Michigan (laughs) and grilled him. I'm just kidding. And I secretly recorded it and I'll be dropping it in this episode. (laughs) I still don't remember consenting to you giving my kids, uh, you know, carte blanche to ask whatever, but they did. So enjoy this. And uh, it's a reminder to tell people that you love, that you love them. And happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And I love you. Hi, guys. It's. It's Let's Talk Off Podcast. Wait, what is it? Let's Talk Off Camera. (laughs) Hey, we are back with another episode, Let's Talk Off Camera. So let's get talking, bitches. (laughs) So far, we're off with a bang. (laughs) Somebody got to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Frost, I am your Nixon. Oh, I'm not wearing headphones. No, okay. because we're all in the do same room. Like, do you want to feel yeah, the vibe? I just want to feel, feel them. Feel the vibe. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Wow. 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 Whoa. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. We're back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. So Woo-hoo! let's get talking. Today, we have our most requested guest uh, besides Madonna. Yes, that's right. My daughter, Lola Consuelos, will be joining us. And in a cruel plot twist... <laughs> Lola will be interviewing me. This should be scintillating. Uh, We've given Lola and potentially her brothers, Michael and Joaquin, depending on whether or not they show up, uh, free range to ask anything. And she's been promised a safe space where she can't get into trouble for anything she asks. I'm not sure who gave her that, but apparently somebody, Jan, 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 you're reading it as she really negotiated. Should have read my bylines before we started. Oh, there's a ding dong on the door. Ding dong ding ditch. Dong. Michael Consuelos just entered the building as Michael well. Michael Consuelos. Primo. Primo. <laughs> guys, guys, I just want you to know that somehow, somehow, Jan Chalet has okayed it for you to ask me whatever you want. I have no idea what the questions are. Mm-hmm. I was not given a preview. I was not pre-interviewed. Um... I thought I was going to interview you two because that was a very... uh... When your next guest doesn't come on, then you can bring us back for that one. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Let's get to it. She's a recent NYU graduate. She's the daughter of a legendary acting couple and talk show hosting couple, I might point out. She's a singer, songwriter, and music producer. And she's still on my bankroll. Please welcome my daughter, Lola Consuelos. He is also an NYU grad. He is an actor, producer, writer. He is our firstborn son. He is the heir to the throne. 
And he is off the family teat. Ah. We are very proud of you for that. Uh, Congratulations. Working producer, working actor, working writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, My firstborn, Michael Consuelos. Okay, so are you guys drunk with power, knowing that you get to ask all the yes. questions? And I just wanted to, uh, to keep this organized and civil, I think that what we should do is go maybe one at a time asking the questions. I've got a question. No, 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 because um, no, that's the thing is I'm starting off with the question. No, but I thought I'd start. No, but I'm going to start. <laughs> Lola? Let's get this show on the road. I wanted to ask you, Mom. Yes. You are a young gorgeous glowing woman and i wanted to know how often do you get your period (laughs) 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 oh we have started off with a bang well what year are we in it's the year it's a post-pandemic year it's the year 2023 i would say three years ago (laughs) three years ago yeah Okay. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was a careening cavalcade of events. Menopause meets pandemic. It was very exciting. Yes. You knew very little about it, you uh, you three. We knew all about it. Wait, how did you know about it? You were, yes, you were just what I would like to call... Menopausal? Itchy. Well, to explain to me what that means. What does itchy mean and what does menopausal mean? It means mean? I would never want to call you bitchy, so I will say you were itchy. <laughs> Oh, really? Was You think? I was like, Mom. No, I'm Mom. asking you. G- give me signs of my bitchiness. You ever seen Jaws? <laughs> yes. Well, replace the shark with you, and then that's how it Is was. that what I was like? <laughs> A little bit. Really? I'm Tell kidding. me. So no, explain explain I'm, to me. I'm kidding. You were like, you, it was like, the, at you, the drop of a hat, all hell would break loose. The shirt, the sweater would come off. The sweating would start to happen. Uh-huh. The... And that's bitchy? Albert's nodding his head. Not bitchy. It's not bitchy. <laughs> it's called hot. Yeah, it's called hot. I mean. All right. Have you ever broken the law? Have I ever broken the law? Yeah. No. Not even once? No. A little I'm, bit? I think you know that I am an absolute rule follower. I fill out my tax returns mm-hmm. on time. Um, although I will say my early years in the city, I filed for an extension like every year for mm-hmm. like four years because mm-hmm. I just could not get my S together. Um, but no, I show up for jury duty. I'm like a very observant citizen of the law. I don't break the law. Have you, you may have not broken the law. Okay. So you haven't done that. Yeah. I Is that disappointing to you? You seem sad. Have you ever broken the law? Honey, this is not you asking me the question. I know, but I'm just curious. Have you ever broken the law? Never. Never? Never. Okay. So you haven't broken the law. This one, I feel like if you say no is just an absolute lie at this point, but have you ever cheated on a test in high school, assignments? I helped someone else cheat. Mm-hmm. I helped, mm-hmm. there was somebody that needed help cheating, but but you have to understand that it was, it, it was sort of like almost expected, like the teacher would give me two Scantron sheets so mm. that I could help this person cheat. That's nice. Is it? I don't know. I don't know if the person learned anything. But you never did like a little glance over at the person's sheet next oh, to you. Yeah, no, I wasn't a smart. I wasn't a smart one. But there were certain subjects I was good in, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely 
probably like chemistry, we would work in groups of four Mm -hmm. and I was so like chemistry illiterate or I just, you know, I found my, I found my chemistry teacher completely unengaging and he always sounded like he had milk in his throat. So I would always like, he would speak and I would start going, I would start trying to psychically clear his throat and then I would just check out. Um, So I relied heavily on the other people in my pod mm. to, to do help you all of the work. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So it's not. I mean, would I cheat on a test? No, but would I let them do all of the work? Yes. yes. Uh huh. Love that Very for good. you. Okay, my question. So, so I want to know your real response to this and how you'd handle this. Okay. You and Dad are sitting in the kitchen. Yes. And I bring home a boy. Yes. And he is fifty years old. Yes. Genuinely, what is your response? I say, mom and dad, you're going to meet someone. I bring him over. He is two years your junior. I would, I would maintain uh, a level of neutrality and I would um, be very welcoming um, in, publicly in front of you. And then I would probably... Uh, question ev- everything about the way I raised you as a parent. Um, <laughs> you know, it's listen, it, here's the thing. You're 21 years old. You'll be 22 by the time this airs, right? I would encourage you to imagine yourself 20 years from then, you know, like of course. when what? you're 30 and he's 70. And isn't right. that fun? And then I'm 40 and he's 80. Isn't that fun? You know, I would just like, I would try to encourage you to think big picture long term without judgment. Like, what brought that up in your mind? Tell me. I was just wondering because I remember you saying that you brought, when you were 20, you brought home, how old was he? 28? 27. 27? Wow. And and you said your parents were totally okay with it, which you'd probably... He didn't read like 27. He read like a 17-year-old. I think my parents assumed that he was like 17. He seemed like a child. I seemed like the much older person. In the relationship. In the relationship. And so I think that's why my parents were fine with it. They didn't even ask me about his age. They assumed he was my age. I see. Okay. You know, um, but it's like now I'm like, oh my God, I dated someone seven years older. Which is nothing. Which is nothing. It's nothing, but it seemed so much older at the time. Exactly. Do you remember when you told us you waited? No, I never said that. You sure did. I Several did times. Yes. Yeah. Wait, this cannot yeah. go. Wait, wait, guys. No, you're not, wait, you're not changing is, the narrative here. I did not. Yes, wait, this is the funniest I thing. I did no, not. She actually, you know, she I told, said, I she, wish I waited. Oh, wait, never mind. I yeah. wish I waited. That was the funniest thing. This cannot, this cannot go in there. Don't say, I remember when you told me I waited. I, first of all, would never discuss that with you specifically, Michael. Why me? This was a mother-daughter discussion. Oh. This is, this, okay? this so, cannot go in. So Lucy, in front of everyone Lucy else. Lips, right, sorry. Lucy Lips. Lola Consuelos over there must have related that to you. The Consuelos no. women have no indoor voice. I heard everything. No. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't lurk behind our door if it's closed. I like, Nothing was I, funnier. I'm like Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. I like knowing everything that's going when on. When you're 15 years old and you are having someone over to 
hang out that you are potentially dating and the doorbell rings <laughs> and mom <laughs> in a scene of a movie grabs your hand yeah yeah very gently like the grabs li- your hand fish. as you're going to get this said person mm-hmm. from the door and she goes lola wait <laughs> oscar moment oscar I didn't moment wait and i wish i did and i was like we're literally hanging out so chill. <laughs> I know, but you guys have like, f- like hangout can mean anything now. Hang That's out. true. When I say I'm oh, your dad and I hooked up, they're like, "Ooh, you hooked up?" No, and I'm like, "Hooked up is hooked up is like made out that type of stuff." And then like when you slept with someone, that is you had sex with them. No, no, no. But you guys used to tell me that hooked up meant having sex. I don't know about and you. Partying meant anything. cocaine. All of these things that I was like, partying used to mean you're going to a party and you're dancing and you're having fun. You're partying. And then you're like, no, that means you're on cocaine. Like no you one, guys were no telling, one ever said that. Yes, you both told me that. I, no, I'm going to no, fight you on that. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, that. I don't even know where to get drugs. I read like a narc. So. <laughs> so me and my roommate are like, no, no, me and my roommate, are. we look like 21 Jump Street. You pride yourself on the fact that you are with a European slash Latino man. Mm-hmm. And... You always talk about you saw him and you knew that yeah. he was going to be yeah. the one that you would end up with. And now 28 years later, 27, you are married to 20, my father. Yeah. I've seen one previous ex-boyfriend of yours. Uh-huh. And I won't say that him and dad looked similar, but there was a specific, the tan skin, the brown hair did you have a type before you met dad? And I have a follow-up question, <laughs> which is, what were your biggest turnoffs or red flags when dating? But I first want to know the type one, and then we can get into the red flags. Um, I didn't really have a type. Uh, the boyfriend I believe you're referring to, that was either a tanning bed tan or a spray tan. <laughs> um, that is not his natural skin color. It could have been a full face of makeup, <laughs> if I'm being quite honest. But um, dad, as you know, is Latino. And if you were to see my ex-boyfriend and dad next to each other, you would not see any similarity. Um, So there's that. But my question is, yes, as I said, before you met dad, did you have a type? No, not really. I don't believe that for a second. Not really. I was like, did you ever date a blonde boy? Uh, yeah, I did. Really? Yeah. But I, but it, what was funny was the one thing I didn't like about him was that he had blonde hair and blue eyes. There we go. <gasps> yeah. How dare <laughs> you? I felt like I was looking at myself. Yeah. That, see, that <gasps> makes sense. Oh, that is that weird. That makes sense. It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ugh, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't. You, because like... you are a blondie with blue eyes. Yeah. I'm a blondie with blue eyes. So I was like, who wants to look at themselves all day? You know what I mean? And what were your biggest turnoffs or red flags when dating? Um, gosh, I really despised rudeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I once was dating a guy who screamed at a cab driver, driver. The worst. And I asked the driver to pull over and I got out and I was like, don't ever call me again. Um, I, I remember like guys who were like sloppy and messy and bad drunks that Ooh. was like a oh, no, that's a no fly f- zone. No. No fly zone. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, not fun. What about you? That the rudeness is weird to me. I think um I like may I mention your boyfriend or do is that a no? 
You don't have to say his name. I'm not going to mention his name, but I like your boyfriend and the fact that he's a great conversationalist. Yes. And that okay. he is fabulous to hang yes. out with. And I always like that about your dad. Your dad was exactly. like a great conversationalist and you could drop him anywhere. You could drop him into any conversation in the middle exactly. of any group of people and he would you, blend right in. You could and hit literally it say, talk yes. to this brick wall and talk you to would this come wall. back and right. they will be a brick wall. Correct. That's right. Yes. I love that. I think that's... I love that that too. I think that is probably my biggest turn off is someone who isn't able to do that. Yes. What about you, Michael? What's your turn on, turn off? Uh, Okay. So here's here's a a, a Michael, uh, you know, it's it's bad, but it's true. I can't uh, fake interest. I'm bad. If I'm bored, you'll know I'm bored. (laughs) Uh, But you know, like, yeah. So typically someone that can hold a conversation with me is nice. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, And And you have to be funny. But Michael... (laughs) Your girlfriend is the most charming and she is lovely and funny and beautiful and kind <sighs> Thank and, you. and really like a great member of the family. Thank you very much. Aww. All right, we're going to move on. What was your first real reaction when you knew you were pregnant? Um, well, your dad and I suspected that I was pregnant at the same time because I started just like not feeling well. Mm. And I, I'm not like Jan over here. Jan didn't look pregnant until she was nine and three quarter months pregnant. Like Jan started looking actually visibly pregnant the day before she delivered. I looked pregnant almost from inception. Like something happens to me where I just look very pregnant immediately. Mm -hmm. And we sort of suspected that I might be pregnant, so we did it together. We took the pregnancy test together. You know, I, I gotta say, I gotta say, I've been here for two of your pregnancies. Well, like, te- technically three, but I, I was conscious for two of them. Yeah, oh, you were? And you remember when Lola was in I living do. on the inside? I really do. Wow. And I remember cussing at her through what? the stomach saying, <laughs> You're gonna regret it. You're gonna regret coming you here. You did that. So I'm top untrue. dog. I'm nah, nah. I'm kidding. I wanted a brother. Well, that uh, was like an hour ago. You said that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's true. That's true. No, I, I look and look. I was part of the team. You know, there was you two kids, and there was me, and I was slightly younger than the two of you. But like, I felt like it was part. I was part of the. You were not you part were of the kind team. of my the kid too. That's Aww. not true. Yeah. That is. Michael says that I was his kid too. I know. No matter how many times I will break out the home videos if I have to show pictures of you mm-hmm. when I your sister was the born. Was for me. Exactly. Yes. Uh, for those of you at home, Lolo made a reference to a, an old family movie. Oh, uh, it's they, a famous fam- family video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lola just came home, and uh, I. Basically, they gave me a cake to... From the baby, right? That's what you said. When we brought Lola home, we didn't want Michael to feel like suddenly like he was not Mm -hmm. getting the same amount of attention. So Lola came in with a cake with Oscar the Grouch on it. And I said, oh, your sister brought you a cake. I wasn't fooled. And... The reason this video is so iconic is because in the background, <laughs> you know this video well, oh, Albert. Very well. In the background, my father-in-law is tinkering on the roof, and suddenly you see him just jump off the roof, like, like, <laughs> like Batman. So what's interesting is like this this tableau of this family: a new mother with her brand new baby, her her four year old who is crying because I'm like, isn't your sister? Because you were telling me, I was something. telling you about my day. You were telling and... me about your day, and and I was just sort of like looking at your sister and I said, isn't she cute? And Michael said, I thought you said the Oscar cake was for me. (laughs) What's funny is that 
it feels like yesterday that you guys were those guys. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at my two adult children. But it's heartbreaking. Still, I shave twice a day. No, but I know you do. You do. You have that strong Consuelos gene there. Um, but when I look at you guys, I still see the the I still see the little one. Like That's I still weird. see the little baby. That's babies. so cute. Yeah. If I ever committed a crime, <laughs> what these a questions. Well, let me tell you something. My job as a talk show host is pretty safe. That's all I'm going to say. That's the safest. If I committed a serious crime, would you turn me in or help me cover it up? Genuinely. Can I answer that? No. Ma- Michael, we're, mom is answering. Genuinely. Um, what is the crime? A serious crime. Well, give me an example of a serious crime. Um, murder. I would turn you in. I would. You can't murder someone. Wait, so you, Who oh, did wait, you sorry. murder? You would turn me in? <laughs> Who did you Who murder? Did you, murder? <laughs> you would turn me in? I would encourage you to tr- turn yourself in. Okay. And what if I said, well, I do not encourage myself to do that? I would still encourage you because if you murdered someone, that is the child of someone. Right? Yeah. right. I'm assuming that you killed someone who has parents. Oh, like wait, who wait, did you? Kill? Would it be better if she killed an orphan? No, I, no. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is, like, who did she kill? It, I need the circumstances. Were you attacked okay. and it was okay. self-defense? Like, I need. The okay, let's do. All right, see. Okay, and maybe another one. I have just shoplifted five billion dollars worth of clothing. Where Grand are larceny. you? Are you in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Are you at the Gucci? But in are you turning me in? Are you Dobby? Are you? My first question is: How did you do that? Are you turning me in? Or hundred percent, I'm turning you in. I agree, Lola. That's outrageous. Um, and by the way, do you know how much five billion dollars? Yeah, no, how, how would she do that? She, That's she, like, like at least a, a set of luggage and three belts. <laughs> what is the funniest thing that ever happened with your parenting with me when I was little? Oh, easy one. I mean, there's so many. Uh, you kept it. You kept it chic. But I'll give you a really easy one that involves both of you. Right, cool. We were in Australia visiting dad and um, and I was giving you both a bath at the same time. And Lola was sitting and I was holding her and I was rinsing her hair. And then you stood up with a bucket of water to rinse yourself. You stood up and your little penis was like right at Lola <sighs> eye length. And Lola Ew. went to grab your penis and I grabbed her hand. And you go, Lola... Don't touch my penis. It's bad enough you already broke yours off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty that is, major. That is pretty Did you I was laugh? like, we need that put on a shirt. <laughs> that was pretty major. Were you laughing? We laughed for hours. And I was like, oh my gosh. Michael just said the funniest Michael thing. just said the funniest thing. I love thing. the story when you're at the mall and he didn't get what he wanted. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When when you told, when, we, that was actually at Disney. We were I thought at, it was Hawaii. No, like it was a, Disney a, and you wanted a crocodile. We did that tree thing. The Rainforest you, Cafe? You, no, you climb through the tree. It's like Swiss Family Robinson Adventure or whatever. Do you know? It's like connected to the Jungle Cruise and it drops you off. Thank you, Disney. In the middle of a gift shop and Michael sees this giant plastic alligator and he's like mom please and i said no the trip is the present we don't mm-hmm. get presents on top of and you were oh right. and, and you were right and you were right 
And I had been working with Michael, like what to do if a stranger he doesn't know ever tries to kidnap him. I'm right? still scared watching, to this day. I had been watching all of these like Oprah specials on like how to protect your family and reading Gavin De Becker books. And I was like trying to explain to him like, you know, kidnappers sometimes can look like moms. They can look like dads. They can look like, you yep. know, they don't, ha- they don't look like monsters. Like we teach our kids that like strangers are like, they look like monsters somehow. And like, that's not the way it is. And so I was very adamant to teach you that anybody can be a stranger you don't know. And if a stranger you don't know tries to take you, then you have to yell at the top of your lungs, this person is not my mother, this person is not my father, this person is taking me. I still yell that in my sleep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I didn't buy Michael the alligator and I grabbed his hand and I said, let's go, he threw himself on the ground and said, this person is taking me, this person is not my mother, this person, help me, this person is taking me. I, I, for the record, I have no recollection of that, and, but, but. You were three years but old. But I apologize. You were three. In fairness, you were three. But it was, it was a weird flex, but the good news is, I quickly looked around at everyone and I said, do you think I would take this kid? Of <laughs> all the kids? I would take the ones screaming? Okay, just so everyone knows, let them know that it was a relatively smooth ride after that. Parenting, no. parenting me. No, you've been a dream. You've been a dream. I learned. I, I, I got. You better. got a course correct in real time. Yep, that's Otherwise, right. you know. Do you think that you parented us the same? You know, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> I'm already I laughing. that you parented us the same. You know, I, I, Michael got the worst of it because Michael was like the first child and I feel like my biggest, my biggest failure as a parent is that we were definitely like so alarmist with our first kid and we were like way stricter with Michael than we were with you and certainly with your brother who basically, Joaquin was like free bird, like true third child, like, he was, you know, raised sort of by you, sometimes by you, Mostly and by me. you know, I, and Dad and I were, were, were present, but we were very not th- concerned. Yeah, we were not concerned because we had been through everything already, so nothing concerned us. Um, and so that's my biggest regret is that I think that Michael definitely there was like a learning curve with our parenting, and I think in general. We were hard on all three of you kids. I wish we had um, the institutional knowledge that we have now. Um, I would definitely have given you a lot more freedom to – I would have have given you more freedom. Because I think it makes – not that you're not resilient because you're all very resilient and you're all very um, practical people. You're empathetic people. You are hardworking. You're caring. None of you rest on your laurels. None of you are sitting around like looking for a handout. None of you are like waiting for us to die to inherit something. Like you've got your own stuff cooking. You we know? are waiting, but we're also <laughs> no. Doing if something. you guys go down, I am. I am coming right with you. Yes, that's the way we had planned it. In the, well, <laughs> more for but, me. Um, but I was. That's my biggest regret is that we didn't no. give you like no a freedom. little bit more freedom because I think uh, my fear. My fear was that, you know, you were born at a time where, and Jan can corroborate this, certainly Albert can, 
Seth a little bit because he's newer than the other two. But uh, the tabloid press was really hard on me, really, really hard on me. And therefore, they were hard on you guys too. And they had no qualms about invading your privacy or your space or taking pictures of you, even even when we were on vacation or in the park or in an airport. And you guys did not get to act up. I was a very cognizant of the fact that if you acted up in any way, it would be blared on about right. in the tabloids as though there was some something wrong, something either nefarious in in us as parents or nefarious in you as children. And I did not want that for you or for us. And so I became hyper vigilant in making sure that we were like very mindful of our P's and Q's. Of course. Certainly in public. In public. Yeah. Because but it was more of a protective thing than You were also really good with like photographers. The two of you would talk to them I'm with my family. Like you were both Yeah, yeah. like we and we yeah. always let like like photographers were not the issue. It was what would happen right. after those pictures. The negative take that was always right. certainly, you know, in the New York City tabloids and you and me and we and dad, we were like relentlessly pursued and it was a different time than it is now. Right. Were you cognizant of any of that or not really? You were too young to notice. Of what? Of which the the Like, paparazzi? were you aw- aware of paparazzi? Yes. You were aware of it? I was very aware of it and I always tell this to people because I say I think you and dad did the best job of raising us with that type of stuff because we knew what was going on, but you always told us that it was something else. Like, when, we, when you'd pick us up home from, when we'd walk home from school, I'd be like, there's people taking and you're like they're taking photos of the birds, and I'm like, yeah, I no, use I use the old bird watcher. Mom, they're, they're bird really watchers. Not, they're not taking photos of the birds. I promise you, they're taking photos of us. And you're like, they're just taking photos of the birds. Like it's not a big deal. I think if you had made it a big deal, and would have reacted to it, obviously we would have reacted to it as well. But because you literally did not care, and still don't. We do not care and we didn't care and we still don't care. Which is why when like if, if someone comes up to you at, at like a if we're having dinner and a fan comes up to you and asks for a picture, it doesn't even register. It's just time passes and we continue like let's just say I'm talking to you and a fan comes up and asks for a picture, I'll wait for five seconds and continue my story. It's not a big we'll deal. We'll even offer to take the picture for them sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you guys are very thoughtful like that. Yeah. yeah it's easy yeah. to be nice. It's like the easiest thing in the world. It and you were always easy. nice to them, which yeah, which I which tell everyone as well. You very... you always take a picture and make conversation with every single person that approaches you. Well, because the the people that, you know, have watched the show or supported the show or supported anything, even this this number one podcast and the news and noteworthy list at I Apple Podcasts. Um, anyway, but those are the people that, like, are the reason that we live in a nice house yep. and have been able – you guys went to great schools and you don't have any student loan debt. And so it's like, yeah. you know, we mm-hmm. owe each and every person a debt of gratitude. Yeah. That's how I always bro- thought thanks, of it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yes. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Watchers listeners. and listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and do you remember the first, do you remember the first time that you were like, oh, okay, I think I've made it or someone came up to you and asked you for a picture, your first fan interaction? 
Um, I th- believe it or not, I think my first fan interaction, this is going to sound so name droppy, was with Jimmy Kimmel's family. Really? Um, yeah, his cousins, they were all big, all my children watchers, and they would come to the studio every day with autograph books and like stuff to sign. And, um, you know, I was on the show for like three weeks before anybody ever asked me for my autograph. So I would, I would come and go with real ease and... Soaps used to be a really big deal. Yeah, there would be tons um, And there would be tons of people outside waiting to, for autographs to sign. And there would be photographers outside to take pictures and you would sign autographs. And it was like the movie like um, Soap Dish or Tootsie. Like there's always uh-huh. somebody running up with an autograph book. But, you know, you would tape the show three weeks in advance. So I was working there for about a month before I aired and so I had the freedom of like watching other people sign autographs. It 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 affected me because I saw like some people like Susan Lucci was super gracious with her fans, like super gracious. Mm-hmm. And then I saw some of them that were like really mean and that I was like, okay, I don't want to be that person. Right. I want to be a person that these people have been waiting here probably all day and you're just going to blow them off or, yeah, they you know, just breeze by them. Um, so when I finally got asked for my autograph, which which don't forget, I wore, for my first year on the show, I wore a black wig. So I looked very different when I left work every day. I wore like this white pancake makeup, very severe makeup, and then this black wig, very goth looking mm-hmm. chick. And then I would take off my wig and wash my face and leave. And even after I started airing, most people did not realize that it was me. So I sort of... You're like Hannah Montana. Yeah, I just sort of like (laughs) moved in and out. Like I was like, I just sort of breezed around. But I do think for some reason, I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel's like either cousin or maybe it was his aunt that got like the first time I signed an autograph, I Mm. think. And what was your what was your parents' reaction? Like, what were Grandma and, Gra- and Pop Pop's reaction to the, this career? Um, my Pop Pop, Grandma's dad. Grandma's dad, um, always wanted me to be an actor. He thought I had a big personality. He thought I was really funny. He would we would watch the Carol Burnett show or the Sonny and Cher show, and then I would act out bits from it. And he would be like, you, you should take her to New York. This ki- I'll pay for her acting lessons if you take her to New York. You know, and he died when I was quite young, so he never got to see any of it, which makes me sad. Yeah, that is sad. Um, but he... Um, took us to see the Radio City Music Spectacular mm-hmm. when I was six years old. It was 1976, and Radio City had filed for bankruptcy. And the Christmas Spectacular was a woman would play an organ, or maybe it was a man, I don't recall. The organ would play. The Rockettes would come out and do a kick line to, like, a Christmas song. Then they would back up, the curtain would open, and they showed a movie, and it was Pete's Dragon. I remember wow. that. Was Pete's Dragon. And we did like all of the touristy things. We went to Rockefeller Center. We went to Radio City. We had lunch at the Sea Grill. We um, went to the Empire State Building. We went to the World Trade Center. We just literally, we were like, tick, 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 tick. And my parents and my cousins and my sister and my aunt and uncle were like, New York is so disgusting. Isn't this gross? Isn't this gross? And I was like, this the greatest city on earth and I became Aww. obsessed That's with so cute. all I wanted to do was like, like all I could think about 
was getting back to New York. I That's didn't know amazing. how, I didn't know where, I didn't know when, but I was like, I'm going to live there. I'll mm-hmm. be there someday. That's really great. Yeah. Were there any auditions that you didn't get when you started your acting career? Yeah, like all of them. <laughs> I, I got all my children. That was the one I got. And then it was a series of no's. Like, it was a parade of no's. I got really close to a few films. Like, I screen tested for a couple of them, but I always lost. I lost to Parker Posey all the time. Parker Posey and I were, like, the two, like, weird girls. Like, we would audition for the weird girl roles. And she always got the role. And I, and I would walk in, and if I would see her, I'd be like, shit (laughs) Parker Posey's here again and now she's gonna get it and I'm just gonna walk away um and I I I auditioned for every Spike Lee film nobody said no to me more than Spike it's really true like Spike was like he would just like peek his head and be like no and then that was it he's still like we'll talk about it now he's like he's like remember when I didn't cast you in anything I'm like yes I do um And uh, there was a few times I booked jobs and I was so excited about it. And then I wound up not being able to do it because all my children wouldn't let me um, out of my shooting schedule at all my children to go shoot. So So that was annoying. But, you know, it's like it it is what it is. You got to honor your contracts. You know, you can't just like leave every time you want to do something that you perceive to be better. You know, you got to honor what you do. Do you foresee any more acting in your future? Maybe. I, for years I said no. I like I had resigned myself to being retired from acting, but I I think you should do it. You do? 100%. Absolutely. It would have to be the right thing, you know. It would have to be the right thing. What's one personality trait you think we all share and how are we the most different? You are all um uniquely kind. You're very kind people. And I remember, Lola, when there was a woman on the street that approached me and you were so young. You were like 10 or 11 years old and she had just gone through breast cancer surgery. I don't know if you remember this. I think I do. And she was like, for, I, I, I call it the talk show effect. Sometimes people will like confess things to you that don't know you. Like they just want to tell you things because they are used to people telling you things. Mm-hmm. And so she was telling me this and she was telling I you as well. And you were so kind and you were so engaged and I was so impressed with the way you were not afraid. I thought you might be afraid because... Well, she, she, did she show us she a was photo? Show, no, she, she was showing you her scars. She yes. was showing you her scars. And you did not wince. You didn't react grossed out. You didn't react. You were you were an empath, and I was so proud of you. Um, and your brother is the same way. He is so, so uh, sweet to people, particularly the elderly. Mm. If you watch Joaquin with... No, much no, older people, pop, no, pop. no, and pop, pop. He's always carrying their bag or helping them off out of the chair or up the stairs. Or he's very like courteous, and that is the one commonality I think you share the most um, in the ways you're so different. I often say like it's almost like you have three different sets of parents because Michael is very like introverted and thoughtful and like creative and like very much in his head and you Lola are a good time Charlie like I always say that personality wise you are the most like your father 
You mm-hmm. are the most like your father. You and your dad can go into any party at any time and feel 100% comfortable and take over. Next thing you know, you <laughs> have 800 phone numbers, 6,000 new best friends, and you're jetting off to Ibiza for the weekend because you met someone and now you're invited to their wedding. Like that's just who you are. And Joaquin is very, very um, determined. He is the most determined person I've ever met. Like if he sets out to do something, he will wake up, you know, like he doesn't care what it takes to do it. He will get it done. Yes. He doesn't complain. He doesn't complain. He never complains. He never explains. He just does it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I don't have that. I complain. I'll do it, but I complain. Uh, I mean, Jan, how much do I complain? It's like I'll complain. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually curious about this one. Okay. What is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you that you've never forgotten? Oh my gosh, there's a lot. Um, Pick one. Oh my gosh, I remember that there was this woman in uh, Fairway. And I had you guys, you and your brother, Joaquin, in a double stroller. And Michael, you were in the skateboard attachment on the back. So cool. And for some reason, I wheeled that thing into fairway. And it was just like, it had been one of those like days, weeks, months. Mm. And I was exhausted. And I was sleep deprived. And dad was away shooting something. And I was like pretty much on my own. I, I had a babysitter, but um, like as soon as I was done with work, she would like take off. Yeah. Like I would barely get through the door and she was gone and I'd be like, okay, I, you know, and so it was just like a lot, you know, it was a lot because yeah. I had like, you know, two babies and a toddler really. And I remember this woman came up to me and I thought she was going to yell at me because I had this big stroller in fairway where there's no room to like even move. And she said to me, she goes, just remember, sweetie, that the uh, days are long, but the years are short. Mm. And oh. I almost cried. And then she le- she looked at you, Michael, and she was like, I bet you're a good big brother. And you were like very like, you got all proud of yourself. You got very puffed up. You know, you were like, and and <laughs> I, I remember like I got very teary. Oh. But um, over the years, the audience members, like in my in-house audience, like the people that come in and watch the show, they are incredibly kind. They've always brought gifts for you guys and like gifts Aww. for um, me or if you're celebrating something, they're celebrating something and they're very, very thoughtful um, just for years and years. It's like too many – there's been too many kind gestures to like zero in on like just one. Mm. I've been surrounded by kindness, so I've been very mm. lucky. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, rapid fire time. First R-rated movie you ever saw? Uh, oh, my parents took us to see like Jaws 2 mm. at the drive through movie theater. And I think my sister and I turned around and we couldn't hear it, but we watched like Friday the 13th. That's awesome. Yeah. So we just we just wanted to see naked boobs. I'm sure. We didn't even care about the violence. The violence scared us, but we were like really curious what naked ladies look like mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. Were, like weren't our mom. First celebrity crush. First celebrity crush, Farrah Fawcett. Uh, a, a woman? A hundred percent. Everybody had a crush on Farrah Fawcett. Huh. First kiss was? First kiss. Well, it was spin the bottle. So that was, I think, also a woman. Um, <laughs> let me think. 
<laughs> is there anything you want to tell us? No, I, no. It was like spin the bottle with all girls and uh, like one guy. Was it Scotty? It was Scotty. Right. Scotty Silver. Yeah, of course. Of course it was. What do you mean? First time you were fired from a job. Oh, uh, first time I was fired from a job. It's it's interesting. It wasn't really a firing, but this is gonna it's gonna sound wacky. Mm-hmm. The first time I was fired from a job was when Hope and Faith was canceled. Oh, I was wow. never fired from a job in my life. I mean, that was as close as I got to being fired. I don't think that's a firing. I think that's like if like you that's know, just, yeah, that's just. I mean, if the planet blows up, are we murdered? Like, it's just kind of, you know. <laughs> wow, that's a took a weird twist. Oh, no, it's you like, know, and and after that, and after that, oh, you guys want to hear the best firing story ever? You guys want to hear the best firing story ever? Oh my gosh, guys. You've been fired more than once? Yeah, gather around. This one is for the record books. I shot this animated movie for Disney called Meet the Robinsons. Okay. Robinsons? Yeah. So I spent like three years shooting this voice for this animated film. And I had like two more recording sessions. And I, we were like trying to work out like vacation schedule and the shooting schedule with live. Like we're just trying to work it all out. And um, my agent said, I'm going to call Disney and Pixar or whoever was the production company. And they said, going to find out when you have to record those last two, those last two recording sessions. And he called and they were like, oh, didn't we tell you? (laughs) We, um, We found that Kelly's voice and the kid that plays the son's voice, it just didn't fit. So we got somebody else. They recast me. Oh, interesting. But nobody bothered to tell me that they recast me. Like nobody bothered to tell me this. And I was like, that is so crazy. That's crazy. So cut, cut two. Okay. It is about a year and a half after that. Sure. Okay. And I get a phone call from Stan Rosenfield, Uh. my then publicist. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. And I go, what? He goes, Disney PR just called. And they are wanting to know your availability for the press schedule for Meet the Robinsons. And he goes, I had to inform them that you are, in fact, not in that movie. That's wacky. So they never bothered to tell each other that That's I... That's Not only did they not tell me, they didn't tell... Each other. And then Mark... He was like, you're not going to believe this. I just saw this like press thing in the paper for Meet the Robinsons and it says starring Kelly Ripa. That's so <laughs> Is that weird. crazy? That's really funny. Oh, wow. Wait, I need that to see what it looks crazy? like. You were, you were, wow. So that was like my two jobs I was fired from. But like, That's really that's so funny. funny. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. Yeah, that's great. It's crazy. That was a crazy, so I was fired. But again, I didn't even know I was fired. That's iconic. Who's your favorite kid? Who's my favorite kid? I love you all the mm. same. I just have times where each one of you are my least favorite. Yes. <laughs> I know who your least favorite is currently. Who? The one that's not here. Oh, uh, well, it's easy to it's easy to say that cuz he's not here. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kelly gets down. Yeah, would you, you like me to interview you? Ask us some questions, ma. This is like not since Frost interviewed Nixon, Mm -hmm. has anything been quite like this in Mm -hmm. the world of media? Okay. So like growing up, were you aware that your 
parents worked in the entertainment industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't know what it entailed, but I knew you were... Did you well, assume all parents worked in the entertainment industry? You know, I remember going with you to all my children. I remember sitting with you in the makeup chair. I remember, I remember hoping faith quite well. I remember there was one time when I think dad was rescuing you from a fire uh-huh. uh, in, in a scene, and I thought dad was throwing you in the fire. Uh-huh. So I went to school sobbing that you, my dad was murdering my mom uh, <laughs> yeah. by throwing you in the fire, uh-huh. and they were like, that's not what's Yeah, happening. I got a phone call that day. Yeah, sorry. Michael's quite taken aback. <laughs> yeah. Said uh, <laughs> that you were in a fire. I didn't really know there was a difference until someone told me uh, that you guys were famous. And oh, I remember that you came home and you're like, "Are you famous?" And I go, "Anytime you ask, have to ask someone if they're famous, they're not." Right? Okay. <laughs> do you remember yeah, yeah, that? I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, how we. That's how we dealt with yeah. that. Yeah. How about you, Lily? I think it was the same thing. And like I said before, I I, I just it was never because you already had your career before I was born. It wasn't something that was, it was just what it was. It was part of growing up. There were definitely moments like where I would, for example, sometimes you let me come to school late because soldier boy was like on the show (laughs) and I would come to school and I would have signed soldier boy shades. But also Jamie Gelman was my best friend growing up when we were younger. So I probably did assume that it was like a everyone's parents did that thing. Yeah. I think probably when I got older and I went to other people's houses at Ethical is when I realized, okay, maybe this you like people my mom's a doctor, my dad is a lawyer. I'm like, what is a doctor? What is a lawyer? Your mom plays a doctor, your mom plays a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I remember you I think I remember you asking one maybe it was Maddie Kozauer's mom, you asked her like, What show are you on? <laughs> like, what weird. show are you on? And she was like, I'm not on a show, I'm a doctor. And Lola was like, Yeah. On you're on ER? Like you're <laughs> let me ask you another question. So you both went into the entertainment industry. Sure. You're a singer-songwriter. Yes, yes, you're, in, you're in television production. Yeah. Uh, my point is, did we make it look... I don't remember making it look particularly fun. So I'm fascinated that you guys had this calling to go into, you know, your your own individual versions of show business, but show right. business nonetheless. That's yeah, I mean, I think... I think um, growing up with it sort of gave it an appeal. Really? I think to a degree. I mean, seeing the lights and the cameras uh-huh. and all that and all the work, all the hard work that goes into it. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, 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 I think I, I, um, I always felt more of a pull for uh, behind the camera stuff mm-hmm. and writing. And, you know, Riverdale gave me a taste of the other side. But, like, I, I much prefer the behind the scenes stuff. You're very good on camera. Yeah. Anyway, Lily? Um, I don't think, first of all, I do think a lot of kids or at least, I don't know, I feel like some of my friends now do what their parents do. Uh Uh-huh, right. Finance, maybe interior design, Mm -hmm. fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think singing is completely different from what you and dad do. Definitely. So for me- It's even more brutal and cutthroat. Yeah. I also think it's not as scary for us. Being an actor, being an actress, being on stage or performing is not so far-fetched because 
We've seen you do it. We've seen you do it. So it doesn't seem like it's not in a new world. So it's more like if those two idiots can do it, clearly (laughs) anybody can do it. (laughs) No, but it's just something that's that's familiar to us. If someone grows Mm -hmm. up, it's like the way that you saw it is not how we see it. You looked at actors and actresses and, and... people that performed and Broadway and yeah, but whatnot. We, we, your dad and I both, like, we didn't think it was possible. But like, that's it my... It seemed, like, ridiculous. I know, but that's my point, is you probably were looking at that on TV saying, how the hell do I get there? And because we've seen you do it, our parents, the people that you gave birth to us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we grew up with, it's around us, so it's close to us, which doesn't make it any easier, but it, it's just not as scary as it probably is to other people it doesn't Uh seem as like far-fetched of a dream i think that's also sort of what inspired us to take separate paths i mean you had no other actors in the family you did it because you had a passion for it you know what i mean no i did it because it was a means to an end and and i stumbled into it i was just like scared and desperate and i needed a job or my parents were going to make me go to college and so i really like i needed to get something cooking you right. know, I needed yeah. to get it cooking fast or they it were It was gonna, a necessity. It was a necessity, yeah. Right. But we also, you know, because you did it on your own, I think it sort of inspired us to take different paths. Yeah. To so do we, it on your own. Because and it's like, listen, use every connection you can possibly use because yeah. the entertainment industry is hard. tough. It is hard. Use every connection. And I'm like, and guess what? As parents, I'm grateful to like give you any connection I have for you guys, you know, like when I look at other show business families, I'm like, wow, they're really connected. Like, you know, like generationally connected to show business, but you're, you're like first generation children of actors. So like, you know, it's, you are going to have to like figure out a lot of your stuff on your own. I take pride in that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad I didn't. I mean, that's why I'm really leaning into the production. I did that myself pretty What's much. What's your plan? Did you always have a pl- Like your brother, like I feel like, I feel like you I've got always a have a five-year plan. You always have a plan B and a five-year plan. Like mm-hmm. you always have like, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'll do writing. And if the writing doesn't work out, then I'll do this. And what's like, what is your plan B if the... I think if singing doesn't work out... I will try acting because I really do. But I do like acting. I actually think that would, I think I'm not going to say that I think I'm good at it, but I think I could be is because when I read lines with Michael, I feel like I am memorizing the lines. I am giving him, well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be giving you advice, but I I can get into the character. I I think I'm able to adapt into the character very Mm -hmm. easily. And that I think is, that is important. What, I, what I've realized is that we kind of like started off on the wrong foot. Like I'm much more comfortable in my producing and my writing. Mm-hmm. I think Lola should be an actress. And I think Joaquin should be a director. Really? I was helping dad shoot like a, an, an Instagram story. And he was like, hey, no, let, let me do it. Let me do it. And then he did it his way. And it actually looked really good. I'm like, oh, you're good with a camera, Keen. Like, Oh, look who's here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is here just in time. Just in time. Hi. Are we on air? We're on the air. Yes, we are on the air. Um, Just a couple more questions before we go. Um, Which one of your parents do you love more? (laughs) Cruel. Why is Michael actually thinking? (laughs) Well, no, I'm I'm weighing my options. I'm just saying, okay, let's put it. If dad and I went overboard and you only have one life vest, who do you throw it to? Well, well, hang on. That's a stupid question because if I throw you one of you the life vest, you can just cling on the other one and you'll both float. Uh, no, but one of us can't cling. Our arms are broken. Well, 
Then he'll cling. No, hang on. Here's the easy answer. I throw it to dad and dad can hold on to you. No, no. but dad can't hold on to me. We he both, both long. of our arms are gone. Well, who do I have to live with the longest? Who, which one of you is going to die first, do you think? Because then she can carry on the seed and, plant, and may have more kids. With who? <laughs> Another Mexican guy. Um, <laughs> We we covered her menopausalness in, in the beginning of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I know. We already you missed the menopause menopause gate. So I don't know what seed you think I'm carrying. <laughs> I, I plead I I plead the fifth. I'm not answering that one. Um. Well, that was it. I want to thank you guys for joining me today on the podcast. Pleasure, mom. Thank it you for having us. It was very interesting being interviewed, having the tables turned. <laughs> we need on to work me. on our segues. Yeah. No. I, I think I think honestly, no. We can assure you we'll do better next time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to check out Lola's song, Divine Timing, on Spotify. And you don't have to put this in the podcast, but I will definitely be promoting it myself as I want to change my audience demographic. Okay, Thank and you very so much. what is your, and what is your... My current audience demographic is 45 to 54, and if it's not from my parents, then that's very bizarre, but we can only assume that it is from no, 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 but the what's lovely your t- blonde lady. Michael, look look forward to Michael's uh, production work on Real Housewives of New York on Bravo. It's got an all-new cast. They're all really amazing. I had a lot of fun working on it. Um, it was my first time as a full-time producer, uh, associate producer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like rave reviews from people in the industry. Mike. I really appreciate that. Rave. That's that's really awesome. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to tell your friends to listen to and follow uh, the latest episode of Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll take four, but we prefer five. Seth gets upset. He throws things. <laughs> Can't wait to talk off camera next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Woo! Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Julia Desch. From PRX Productions, our team is... Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nidolsky, Edwin Ochoa. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher.